All right, welcome to the Crackpots podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. And we are in the throes of Hurricane Ian. Um, Yay. Yeah, so we're pod- we're each podcasting via Zoom from home this morning. Yeah. yeah. So yesterday was busy doing prep stuff, and, and um, today is... Uh, watch stuff flood (laughs) yeah so i was one of the smart people who was like hey you know what there's a window here where it's not pouring down rain i'm gonna run out grab a couple things that i didn't know we needed i thought we had um grabbed that was home by the office and i'm like okay well i made it home um that's yeah that was an accomplishment out there yeah yeah, lots of tornado warnings and stuff last night. And well, yeah. Anyway, if you're listening, you probably are are actually living here, so you probably know what we're talking about. If yeah. not, uh, turn on the news. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The one thing, uh, the one thing that hurricanes are good for, um, catching up with family because everybody you've ever known from up north, um, whether or not you hear from them frequently or not, calls to check in. Which I mean, we're on the east side, so it's not that it's we're not, yeah. you know, looking down the barrel of the shotgun, so to speak. But yeah, um, yeah, it was a, it was a fun night with because we get all those. We're on that east side of the storm, so we're getting all the rain and all the um, tornado spinoffs and all that fun stuff. But yeah. Anyway, all right. So this last week, you had Joseph. Yeah. So confessional moment. I get J names in the Bible confused. So I was constantly stopping myself and checking myself from saying Joseph instead of Jacob or Jacob instead. I'm like, uh, J- Joseph, Joseph. Yeah. Um, so yeah, J- and, and not not the, I mean, I think most people are familiar with the story of Joseph in scripture, but more likely the coat of many colors thing. Um, yeah yeah um joseph's story is well in this story in particular i noticed you kind of just sidestepped the whole um because i know you've preached on it before so i get sidestepping it this time um is is the potiphar's wife aspect of it yeah And I absolutely understand why you sidestepped it because um, the the issue at play isn't whether it's a woman or a man. It, you know, the issue at play is it's power dynamics um, right. and and, right. and the abuse of power and what she's doing in terms of of utilizing her position. She's not getting what she wants, so um, you know, ab- abusing that um that that power and the the issue is typically women don't hold that position of power so that's why it's very you know you don't see it as often in that uh um setting in terms of it's it's the woman doing the harassing etc because the power dynamic is typically different um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And that's why I've always said, you know, it's never really about um, the 
act itself. It's 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 about how how people use their positions and how they abuse those positions. Um, and again, once Joseph kind of rises to being Pharaoh's secondhand man, you know, he he sort of abuses that situation as well. He enslaves the, all the Egyptians, and <laughs> um, yeah. you know, so it's it's yeah. But I get why you sidestepped it and didn't really want to talk about it because it's and it's one of those it's one of those issues also where you know there's just so many pitfalls and it's like okay so we can talk about the power of words the power of accusations the power of you know how we handle situations you know of overcome I mean there's so, there's so many angles and you know, it's, it's inter- one of the things that's interesting to me again with with scripture you take you take a piece of this isn't even a story this is a piece of a story of joseph's story narrative in scripture right and just this little piece there's so many angles that you can preach from yeah and you know i i I think i said this before you know i remember you know when my pastor was like you should go to seminary and i'm like yeah right that's crazy um and one of the one of the, the I guess fears or concerns was like, how do you preach like the same like the Bible doesn't change like I could see one time through the lectionary and going okay well you know, I did this once now I'm going to do it again so it's going to be the same sermon um, I'm not a recycler when it comes to you know sermon material um, and there's always a different way you approach and come in and out of text which is Again, it just, it amazes me. Um, now, I think, you know, we've both kind of learned that, you know, being that scripture is the living word, you know, it's alive, we're alive, we're a different person today than we were, you know, last year, the year before, or last week, or last month, because, you know, we changed, we evolved. Um, but it's one of the things that just really fascinates me about scripture, um, where, you have the same story, the same text, and something different grabs you um, and and pulls you to to preach. So it's it's it fascinates me. Yeah, um, and that's always the challenge as a preacher is oh my gosh I've done this text how many times? Yeah. Um, but you know it's always a different context because it's a different time and it's a different yeah. you know and. And the weird part is, even if you were, and, and we don't do this, but even if you were to kind of preach the same sermon again, it's still going to get heard different. Yep. Um, yep. No matter what. Now, we tend to not like to preach the same sermon, especially in the same congregation. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, no, we're not going to do that. Um, but it is something that, that, it is is challenging and yet it's like it's still going to be heard differently this time because people are in a different space um we're in a different space they're in a different space things have changed over you know a few years and so you you don't ever read it or hear it exactly the same yeah and every once in a while we find brand new nuggets (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely it's again it's fascinating this is this is an interesting story you know if, if you follow the whole 
Our, the whole arc of the story, um, which again, Joseph is not a short story. I mean, it takes up, you know, a large chunk of, of the book of Genesis. And, you know, what I love about the narrative lectionary is it tells a story, you know, sort of try, I would say from beginning to end, that's not necessarily the case, but it tries to tell it in a, in a story fashion, you know, so that you can follow what's going on this next, this next, it's a four year cycle. So obviously you don't get all of Genesis in one year. You get some of Genesis this year, some of Exodus this year, some, you know, move through the historical books. Um, and then next year you get other pieces of Genesis, other pieces of Exodus, other pieces of historical books. So, I mean, it over the course of four years, you, you really can piece together the whole story. Um, so. Yeah. yeah I, it, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. it's just fascinating. It's yeah. And it's this, this huge, huge story that has so many different themes. Um, you know, ultimately it's a theme of, of reconciliation with him and his brothers. Um, and, but it's also a theme of God's faithfulness. Um, it's a theme of, uh, the, you know, the, the movement that, you know, it's a theme of, you know, we talked a little bit about this last time. It's also a theme of migration from the standpoint of all the people come down into Egypt and then yeah. we're going to, the only way they're going to get out is through the Exodus, <laughs> um, right. which is the story next week. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, they, they find themselves down there and then become a threat and, and so they become enslaved. And, and like I said, I still, you know, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, I think when I was talking about, um, it was probably either about Pharaoh's daughter or um, the midwives or something, um, about the 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 energy of Joseph deciding that, you know, hey, y'all have given everything you have so far for food, so if you want more food, you need to be slaves. And it's like, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. <laughs> maybe that wasn't the route to go um but i i always find this story again the bigger story not necessarily this particular text but i always find it really interesting how he kind of he toys with his brothers i mean he messes with them <laughs> yeah i <laughs> Part of me's like, was that intentional? And I, you know, so we've talked about how do you put yourself into the story? Uh huh. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, if it were me, it would definitely be intentional. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I try to maybe give him, give, give Joseph a little more credit that he's not just like, kind of, you know screwing with them a little bit you know twisting the knife a little bit that sort of thing yeah. um but there's certainly there's certainly that very 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 real possibility and I think part of the reason we overlook that part of it we we take the bible seriously right so we think everything in the bible is serious and there is no humor there is no um uh, sarcasm there is no you know what I mean like like well, well it has to be um 
um, it has everything. We have to take everything serious, as though every everyone is completely upstanding. And right. They, and, I abandoned it, that view a long time ago of scripture, though. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I I have since learned to see the humor, um, the puns, the 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 just kind of sarcasm that flows out of a lot of these stories. Um, and even just the fact that it's sometimes it's so real that it's just, it's funny, you know, it's like, well, how would yeah. you, you know, it's like when you start thinking, how would you respond to this situation? And so you really start putting yourself in the shoes of that individual. Like I always, you know, when I put myself in the role of Sarah, when, you know, her husband is trying to give her away, um, I'm like, there's probably a reason we don't record what she says because my guess is it isn't fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, Isaac does the same thing to Rebecca. And I mean, it's just apparently giving your wife away because you're afraid she's going to be, um, you're going to, you're going to be killed because she's too pretty. Um, yeah. Hey, my wife's hot. They're going to kill me. like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that part isn't actually part of the lectionary any year. I don't believe. No, no, yeah. they don't really go into that ever. Um, kind of be fun too, just because it is just that. My wife's hot. Ooh, they're gonna kill me. So what's the moral of this story? Marry an ugly woman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So so there's a thing. Um, there's there's the theory of. Um, out kicking your coverage when it comes to dating so it's a football term uh -huh. so in football in football terms you know you don't want your punter to punt the ball too far and then your kick coverage can't make the make the tackle so in, in dating it's like you you know so Abraham feels like he out kicked his coverage like Sarah is way hotter than he is so therefore he's kind of screwed um it's just it's also like 20 years younger than he is so there's that so yeah, yeah. right but still she'd yeah. been like 50 i think we discussed this last time that she would have been yeah. like 50 or so so but hey yeah. i'm turning 50 and i'm hot so i get yeah. it i just i mean you know some of us just we just we get more beautiful as we age like wine uh, <laughs> Jen's or, like or I am what wine or bourbon <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> um but yeah so the getting back to good old joseph um and what i always fear when we read the joseph story you kind of alluded to in the sermon was to some degree it's the well if i don't have enough faith will god abandon me yeah and that that was a so i i i stopped a few weeks ago preaching off of a manuscript so i do my text study i put my notes together you know, sort of in an outline form. And then I kind of pull some pictures to keep me somewhat on track. 
And that was not part of my original, I was not planning on going there. And literally Saturday night, you know, as I'm, as I'm listening to myself, I'm like, oh my God, like that makes it sound like if you just have, you just have to have enough faith and everything will be taken care of. And well, man, that says that we can't have doubt that I can't say that. <laughs> so right. that, I mean, that, that was a literally sort of a on the fly pivot. Um, because I, I, I don't believe that you have to have unwavering faith in order for God to be present in order for God to reward you. Um, but. And, and, and here's the thing I think I find personally in my faith life. Um, I find faith to be at work more so when you are kind of questioning it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, in the long run, you come out the other end with a deeper sense of faith because you've struggled with it and didn't just take it um, ad nauseum. Right. It's easy to have faith yeah. when things are going good. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, um, when stuff is rough. Yeah. It's. And, and I guess my question, too, is, you know, what what does that what does faith look like in the midst of that? Yeah um does it mean you can't get angry does it mean you can't and and i would say no i mean i think that um we don't really get a sense of what kind of um emotions joseph was going through um when he gets thrown in prison and you know gets gets thrown in a well and a few things like that um but for me part of the faith is sometimes the raging. I mean, as I, I used to tell somebody who, who was, um, spent a lot of time being mad at God. And I said, well, at least you are in enough of a relationship to be mad at him. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where that, you know, if you have no feelings whatsoever, you have then you really have no faith. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but if you have a relationship in which you care enough that you actually are ticked off at what's going on to me, that's part of the faith. That's part of, that's part of being in relationship is something's happening. You don't like it and you're a little angry about it. Right. And yep. I think that's perfectly okay. Um, but then I also believe in a God who's big enough to not like, um, get upset that we're upset that makes sense um, yeah and i mean i think one of the things that's interesting in scripture you know you do kind of see this evolution of god you know god gets pissed and says i'm going to flood the earth um it's like okay well maybe that's an overreaction you know all right Noah, build a boat put some animals on it um you know and, you know god sends the plagues so i mean i mean there's there's this kind of ebb and flow to to god's interaction with humanity um, but I think, you know, at this point in, in the story, in the narrative, um, post resurrection, you know, we see a God that, you know, sends Jesus and it's like, listen, this is, the, I don't say this is my last shot, but this is, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to approach, I'm going to try things this way. And this is, this is my, this is my commitment. Um, 
so I think you know that should give a little bit of of grace to us. It's like you know, God is a, is a vengeful God in the Old Testament, and and that's not entirely true either. But there's certainly more, you know, between you know the plagues and things like that, the flood. Um, maybe you can get to that vengeful God, but there's also the, you can also see, you know, the the threads woven through even the Old Testament of this this forgiving and gracious God. Well, I um, mean, you got to really remember, played out more though, in scripture. The the New Testament we don't have as much time. We we right. have we have a a tiny tiny pocket of time. Yeah. Um compared to the, the the old testament scriptures the 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 hebrew scriptures hebrew scriptures span thousands of years um, yep. of israelite history the new testament covers you know maybe a hundred year and and most of them are letters to congregation yep. they're not narratives telling stories um the part that tells a story only covers you know, maybe a 10 year period <laughs> if that, you know, you, you get the gospels and acts and there's some, some, there's some shady stuff that goes on in there too, because I mean, there's the, the couple that decides that they're not going to give everything and they lie about it and God strikes them dead. I, it, <laughs> I mean, um, you're, you've got those, you've got those spots in, even that short time period of some kind of questionable, like, oh, what's, what's, what's that about? <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, there's some, there, there's some stuff in there that's, you know, warning and whatever. I mean, uh, you, you get, even in the letters, you know, you, you get Peter talking about, you know, fire consuming the earth and, <laughs> and and That's things true. like yeah so i mean it's it's there um it's present and so i again i'm i'm looking at the fact that you know it's you see more of it in the old testament because there's more of the old testament than, yeah. i mean that's true know, that's a good point that's yeah. a good point um our our narrative for the new testament is extremely limited um in terms of the stories that are told um yeah. that not you know the vast majority of them focus just on jesus and his ministry and then in acts it's the early church um just for this kind of brief period of time up through up through about i think about 50 maybe um 80 so about a 20 year time period because yeah. paul's heading off to jail and i think um you know he was he was active around 50 um because they mention one of the uh one of the magistrates or somebody that we actually have a historical record of. So we know when he was active and it was around that 50 AD period. So yeah, it, it's, it's for me, I'm looking at, okay, you have thousands of years of God acting and yeah, there's some stuff in there where we're, we're not cool with, but the new Testament only is giving us a blink in comparison yeah. to to what to what you find in in um the the old testament scriptures so yeah. yeah and again half the new testament's just letters to churches like telling them you know <laughs> get your act together <laughs> we can still write those letters uh, yeah oh yeah i mean there's there's some of those letters you the the 
specifics of some of the issues have changed. You know, circumcision isn't something we're arguing about really these days. But the core point of that message, I think, is something that we still need to, you know, the, the whole circumcision of the heart thing. It's about, you know, the change. It's about, um, you know, it's not about the 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 ritualistic things that, yes, have meaning and are important, but ultimately it's about how you treat other people. It's about, you know, that. Um, so, so this isn't breaking news. Like the world is just disgruntled and it's kind of filters into every, every, every aspect of life. Um, so it, it, it's unfortunately filtered into the churches as well. And everybody goes, Oh my God, what's wrong with what's wrong with our church? Cause it's all about our church. And you know, I had a meeting last night with, um, I had a meeting last night. Let's just, that way I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. And um, one of the other people in this meeting is, is a, is a clergy spouse. And you know, she's like, is everything crazy at your church? And I'm like, yeah. And yeah, like it, it is. And she's like, it's just, it's just weird. Like we have people you know, complaining about weird things that, you know, aren't typically complainers. We've had people leave for weird reasons. And, you know, I said, yep. And our giving set, yep. And it's like, you know, when you talk to, it's kind of the state of the world. That's not to say that, you know, you're okay with it or excuse it or anything from that nature. But, you know, Paul wrote letters to disgruntled churches. Paul could just as easily write letters today um, to disgruntled churches. Um, you know, I, I think we're, we're fortunate in a sense that, you know, we at least are, you know, we're, we're seeing some, some young families we're seeing, but we have some really encouraging things as well, but it's just, it's that maybe in the past, that sense of disgruntledness, you know, was maybe, maybe insulated from the church um more so than it is today I, I i don't know um but you know we we see these letters that paul writes you know to the church and i know you and i often go man this letter could be written today <laughs> um you know the church is still struggling with you know like you said not necessarily circumcision but you know many of the same issues that the church struggled with then the church struggled with today why humanity right like like we want to say and we want to pat ourselves on the back and say man humanity has come so far we've evolved so far and i think that's that's a that's a misstatement in reality um you know science has evolved technology has evolved but at our core humanity is still yeah yeah humanity is still pretty much the same we're still pretty much um, yeah yeah, I mean, we 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 we've become enlightened on some things, but but we're still making know, the same mistakes. I mean, that's the part that always just I think right. flabbergasts me is I'm like, oh my gosh, we just we just keep doing the same things over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know that whole what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over, you know, over and over and expecting a different result. And it's like, well, yeah. we keep doing this. Yeah. um it's literally know, I, the, the... 
I think there was that hope of the early church that this was the new thing. This was the, this was the thing that was going to change us. Um, it's supposed to. Yeah, that that this was going to be the thing that that made made a difference in the world. That was going to be completely, you know, kind of um, a different way to interact, a different way to be, a different way, you know. Um, and not that. And I always say this: Jesus's message really is not any different than what you find in the Hebrew Scriptures. I mean, it's all there that the love your neighbor, love your enemies, um, take care of the poor. I mean, all that yep. stuff is he's, he's just drawn on everything, but that kind of tells you the consistency and the nature of God is that it's, this is still what God wants you to do. He just keeps kind of trying different methods in which to, to bring it about. Um, so, so it's interesting. We've, so humanity is unchanged, right? So take, right. take our last two general topics. Humanity <laughs> is unchanged, right? and god is consistent yeah like god is if, if you know god is consistent humanity is consistent in maybe not the best ways god is steadfast so god made those promises made these commitments made these covenants to a broken humanity knowing we're a broke yeah knowing we're a broken, broken. <laughs> yeah yep and we're a broken humanity those promises still carry to us Mm -hmm. um you know and, and part of this, this section of the narrative lectionary is really about god's covenants um and god's god's commitment and god's faithfulness you know now joseph as we said was a story of of joseph's faithfulness as well even in the midst of right but this plays out this commitment to god plays out even in the biblical characters that are imperfect um because well humanity is imperfect you know, we're, we're we're heading towards the exodus and, and moses and you know moses is another one of those great biblical figures but also not perfect and i don't want to i don't want to get into next week's text but you know you look at you know noah was not perfect um you know jacob not perfect joseph well I, again we, we kind of lift him up for his faithfulness but i don't know that we would call him perfect in the sense that you know i think we alluded earlier that he may have been kind of digging at his brothers just a tad. Um, I'm an only child, so I cannot relate to, you know, wanting to, you know, maybe, you know, just dig a little bit when you have an opportunity. But I also know who I am and know that I would take that opportunity more than likely. Um, you know, I, I said to Christine, I, I, I said, you know, sometimes I, you know, I, I look back and go, man, my better, my better demons prevailed today. And I didn't say or do, you know, X when I really wanted to say or do X. Um, but I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know, we're all human and you have to have those emotions. Um, feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real snarky and for you know and and it's one of those things for some of us it's our personality to just kind of have an automatic snark response um that that we have to just kind of go okay no <laughs> that this is this is not the place to do that <laughs> well and, and that's you know that's something that, I, that doesn't really get covered in seminary per se um but you learn CPE a little bit of a, li okay. a little bit you know yeah, a little maybe, bit in CPE maybe maybe this isn't the place to to make that comment 
yeah. <laughs> and your pastoral I mean, care classes. But I mean, the reality is in, in terms of pastoral care, you know, that person that just drives you insane from a ministry standpoint, when the phone rings, you put that aside yep. and you go to the hospital or, you know, or do the funeral or, or whatever. And, you do know, it. I've never once, and, and I had, I had some people that were, that were, well, we all do. We have people that are challenging. Um, and, you know, there was a, a person at my former congregation who was really, really challenging. Um, and I got a phone call at, you know, two in the morning that you know, this person was in the hospital and, and it was, they were having some sort of psychotic break. Um, and, you know, two in the morning without hesitation, got up, threw some pants on and threw some clothes on and went to, went to the hospital and it was, it was an experience. Um, but I mean, it, it's without hesitation and, and I'm, I'm not making, I'm not making the, the comparison at, at all. Um, but that's kind of how God responds. Like God knows, you know, our imperfections, knows, you know, our, our trials and tribulations, but God shows up, you know, in the midst, even, even when you know, we're, we don't think God should, or we don't think we're worthy of God showing up, um, God shows up. And, and, and there's a beauty in that. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the challenges, you know, the, theologically speaking, you know, we is, is the, is the is Lutheran theology compelling to someone who is not, um, who's unchurched? And I think, you know, from a motivational standpoint, you, know, you look at some of our, our brothers and sisters, the non-denominational flavor, where their goal as, as a Christian is to um, save people. You know, the, we're, 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 our job is to save people to save souls. That's not Lutheran theology. No. The Lutheran theology is that God is the one that's acting. And in fact, God has already acted, you know, on your behalf. Yeah, so, I always love it when somebody would ask me when I got saved and I was like, 2000 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but from, from a motivational standpoint, like I, I get for people, if we were to stand up and say, listen, you need to go save people. Like that gives them a clear mission, right? I'm going to go and I'm going to save people. And I think from, from a theological standpoint, you know, the Lutheran theology doesn't lend itself to that level of motivation. No. I, am, I, I am going to save people. But, but I, the beauty, the beauty but, of the Lutheran theology is that it's already happened. Right. It's already happened. And I think it's a shift the Lutheran church is making. Um, we weren't always this way, but we, we have become much more so because we learned from the Methodists. Um, <laughs> but we're becoming much more our theology is um, we are the hands and feet of Christ in the world. That, that because we're saved, we have a mission in the world kind of thing it's because we have these promises um we now have a mission to help others we aren't necessarily out there trying to quote save souls in the same in the same way we're, we're, we're trying to do it in a more tangible way i think um 
we're not doing it in a great way because we're kind of new to it. And I think we, we still have a lot of history to overcome, um, especially in terms of things like, you know, racism within the Lutheran church and, and, and things like that being a predominantly white, you know, and, and trying yep. to, to fix some of those, those issues at play, but we're trying to kind of, I think, make that, um, that shift where yes, we are, um, right. you know, we're, we're, we know that God has acted and that God continues to act. Right. Um, and, and how do we fit into that? And I think what, what I see a lot of people that are unchurched, what they look for in, in Christianity is they're not looking for the, um, you need to save my soul kind of thing. They're looking for, well, what are you doing to help people? What, what are you right. doing to make life better for the people around you? And unfortunately, the answer to that is nine times out of 10, not much. We're actually making things worse a lot of times for, especially for people who aren't Christian. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that I think becomes the perception is that we are not actually making life better for people who aren't us. And I think that's the shift we really need to be making and was the shift we were supposed to be making 2000 years ago. Um, and then the Roman empire got a hold of us and, and that kind of, I guess I would say whacked us for 1700 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> where we kind of married ourselves to power and empire and we're starting to kind of make that shift again. At least some of us are, are kind of going, wait a minute. I don't, think that was what was supposed to happen I, I don't think that was what god had in mind right. um, yeah i i don't it's, think it's that... it's that bringing it's that bringing the kingdom of god closer yeah and um, are we able to do that right and you know people going well you know that's 1700 years as most of the church and blah 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 and i'm like going you know well we have no idea what's going in the future and if you look again at like like I said, you have thousands of years of, of Old Testament scripture where, um, you know, the Israelites are struggling, you know, and they're going back and they're going forth and they're they're doing those kinds of things. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a natural shift we kind of make at times in in our relationship with God to realize, oh, may, maybe this wasn't this wasn't how we were supposed to do it. <laughs> right. Maybe that was not maybe that was not the right the right way to go um maybe yeah and, and again you even see that at, pl at play in the joseph story of um i don't think quote it was god's plan that joseph get thrown in prison um that he get that Probably he gets pulled into slavery etc cetera, etc cetera. does god work with that and bring good out of it absolutely you know as as joseph himself says what you intended for evil Got yep. it. good i'm like I, I i might take issue with the word intended from the standpoint of i don't know that that was quote god's plan that that is what was going to happen but i definitely see god saying okay so this is how humans have mucked things up and here's how i'm going to bring good out of the mucking it up yep. and i suppose that's where i always find my hope is that so 
God is pretty used to us messing things up. And therefore he's also pretty good at bringing good things out of the mess up. Yeah. Um, it's just when you're going through the mess up part, that's kind of rough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and again, it, it's, you know, we need to give ourselves some grace, you know, cause I know some people are like, Oh, I can't believe I doubted or, you know, I, I suck. I didn't have faith, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, uh, that's really not, not the issue. No. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I hate that stupid footprints in the sand thing. Um, but I used to, so caveat, I used to always add a little extra to, to that. I used to have a little cartoon on my, um, my door at my office at my, my old church that I had, I I'd drawn a, a last one. Cause it was the, 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 the Jesus, you know, Oh, this is, why is there only one foot? Oh, this is where, where I kept you, you know, or where I, um, uh, uh, you know, carry and you know and it was like well what, what's with those those lines oh yeah that's where i was dragging you and then it was like oh what about those big divots oh that's where i dropped you a few times <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like oh where are those big holes oh that's that's where that's where i dropped you <laughs> yeah. there, there's some definite holes in the whole um <laughs> footprints in the sand but yeah. the, the the idea behind it it was that God is, or Jesus is always always with you. You know, now in our home, because we are snarky and whatever, you know, when one of our kids is like, oh, I can't go in there, I'm alone. Like, you're not alone, Jesus is with you. Um, <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't do this. Alone. Someone come with me. I'm I'm afraid to be in a, Why are you afraid to be in there? Well, there's no one in, there's no one in that room. I, Jesus I know, is there with you. But, but then you have peeping Jesus and that kind of creeps me out too. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's again, our, our snark coming out with the, with some of those things. But the reality being, yes, God is still present. Even when you're angry or your, your faith is, is, smaller than a mustard seed yeah you no know, um which i'm not going to be at church this weekend because i'm preaching over at living faith and guess what text i get i'm guessing mustard seed you're guessing right <laughs> so i get a, i get to preach on the whole not having tons of faith thing um they're like give us more it's like well you don't really need more what you got is sufficient yeah and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I have found in, in my life that faith kind of does, nobody can see me doing this, but I'm kind of doing the roller coaster thing. Um, like you brought up in your sermon where it's like, well, you know, like that. But I think your faith does that as well, because your faith gets dropped you know from from heights at times where it's like you're going through something and it's like it's really hard right now to see the end of the tunnel to see that what what the the you know it, hindsight's always 2020 you can always look yeah. back and say oh okay so here were all the loops and whatever but this is where i ended up and everything was fine um 
but when you're going through those loops it can be terrifying and it's okay um i guess that's kind of point of that is to say it's okay to feel that way um and and it's okay to be afraid and and it's okay to be um nervous and anxious and things like that i mean yes jesus tells us don't worry but i mean there are things to worry about i mean they're just there literally are i mean i hate it when that gets thrown at somebody as oh don't worry because jesus tells you not to worry it's like well i get it so don't worry about the hurricane means i'm not going to do anything i'm just going to sit and you know do no preparation well, I'm sorry, but if you're sitting in um, Fort Myers on the beach, uh, maybe not worrying is not the best alternative. Like you can have faith and worry at the same time. Um, I, I think for me, it's you know, is it paralyzing? You know, does your worry paralyze you or overwhelm you to the fact where you're not able to you know function at all um my grandmother probably falls slightly into that category um you know she sees a storm in florida and thinks we're all gonna die um you know probably a little my mother's the same way for whatever it's worth yeah so, but I, I think, I think there's, there's a balance, um, you know, and I hate those, you know, I don't know if this was pre COVID, but it's certainly post COVID and during COVID, you know, the faith over fear bullshit. And I'm just yeah. going to call it what it is. Yeah. Um, oh, I have to have faith that I'm not going to catch COVID. I'm not going to wear a mask because faith over fear. Well, I, I mean, you can be afraid of something and still have faith. Um, you know, if you know, we were at the, we went to the zoo on Monday um and you know there's a there's a we were like man where's the tiger don't see the tiger also boom tiger appears out of like whoa now if that if that thing they have really big teeth holy crap um if that thing is coming towards me and there is no gate you know no fencing or anything caging between me and the tiger uh i have faith that i'm going to go to heaven (laughs) but i have fear that I don't want that thing to eat me. Um, and again, sort of a maybe not real world example, but you know, the point being, it's okay to be fearful, and that doesn't mean that fear means you have no faith. No, it's um, called it's, a, it, it, it's called a human instinct that we have for a reason. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's not nature, preserve yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Um, and and a certain amount of self preservation is warranted um you know you yeah. don't go out and do stupid things for the sake of doing stupid things to get yourself killed um you know there's there's a difference between that and taking a stand and being willing to accept the consequences of taking that stand yeah um especially when you're up against um powers and principalities so to speak but right. i'm not going to go go wrestle a, an alligator just because i want to prove <laughs> Uh, right. you know, hey, God, God, God might, I have faith, but God will let me, you know, overcome this alligator. Yeah. And that's, that's a good way to become lunch. I mean, that that's, that's also a little segue toward the, you know, the text next week is, 
um, sort of the Red Sea text. And, and that's very much, um, you know, the powers, powers of principalities and fear and um, life and death and uh, yeah, lots of, lots of interesting stuff for, for that text next week that, you know, when we're talking about faith and fear, it's, it's when it's Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. I have no, yeah. I have no clue where the sermon's going for this week. Um, Cause it's Wednesday. Um, but there's lots of, lots of avenues to explore with that, with that um, parting of the Red Sea text that, that's, that's on the horizon and how it relates to, you know, being enslaved and in bondage and um, the powers that be. So, yeah. All, all kinds of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's uh, well in that text next week. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about it next week. But um, you know, the again, it's one of those things where power can be used for good because it gets used yep. for good to save the people from the famine. Um, yep. but then that power get can get corrupted and gets turned around and becomes a bad power so it's going down into egypt winds up being good for the israelites for a while yeah but then it's not so good because that power gets turned against them and um you know anytime you have that kind of power and and it's being used in any way that is oppressive um is problematic you know again i i feel what joseph should have done when the people come to him for um famine relief is just to give them the food just give them the food yep. instead of well what can you give me for the food i'll give you food once you pay me x y and z um and when they couldn't pay x y and z anymore it's like okay well we'll make you slaves and I mean, that that for me became, you know, a really problematic way to to deal with that um, is it's like, well, you know, how about you just feed the people? You have the food. Well, and, and you've been you've been in that position. I think that's the heartbreaking piece, right? Like yeah. we, we want to say that, well, well, if I was ever in that position, I would do this or yeah. I wouldn't do this. And here we have here we have Joseph who was it was a slave right that was so willing to enslave and it's like what what, what? like yeah why? you turned around and did the exact same thing it's like wait a minute you just made you you were sold into slavery and you know what that's like and now you're turning around and doing it to other people and i, I think that also yeah. kind of becomes um sort of the human nature thing of how just because we go through it then doesn't mean that we aren't going to do the same thing hurt people hurt people as they say Um, and and repeating patterns and and, you know and cycles of well you just kind of keep doing this because it was what was done to you instead of i'm going to do something different because of what was done to me yeah. And, well, and we, we have that choice. Mm-hmm. Like we, 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 we have that choice. And, you know, so you have two kids that are brought up in the same household and it's, you know, it's an unhealthy household. And you have one kid that is like, you know what, I am not doing that. 
right. and make every effort whatsoever to not repeat that. And then you have the other kid who follows like to a T the same script. It's like, wait a minute, you, you don't have to do this. You know, yeah. I know for me, um, you know, my parents divorced when I was young and I have memories of my parents, you know, not getting, let's say not getting along. Um, when my first marriage ended, you know, I was adamant that, listen, I am not, I am not fighting with you, especially in front of, in front of our son. Um, and I, I, I stuck to that pretty well. Um, I mean, that included some hangups. I'm going to hang up the phone because I'm not having this, this conversation and fight, um, at this time. Um, but you know, and for me, it was a the, I remember this from my childhood. I don't want to repeat it, but oftentimes, you know, we we do repeat. We're product of our environment, and, and we repeat some of those some of those things um, from our from our upbringing. So, but it's still hard. It's still heartbreaking when you know you you experience something and then you pass it on. But it's absolutely true. You know, Christina being a, a therapist. You know, oftentimes, you know, let me backtrack. When when her and I met, she was working um, at a a home for children, and against so they were the offenders became the offendees became the offenders, and I mean it's it's a it's a pretty consistent pattern. You know, it happened to you. You end up repeating it, um, which is, is sad. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that, yeah, that, that becomes a very typical way of, of doing things is that, but come on, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also I think you get an, you, you become, especially if it's a cultural societal thing, um, you know, to say, well, maybe slavery is wrong, um, was probably kind of a weird thing to say in a culture where it was the norm. Yep. I mean, you know, and, and to, to be able to step outside that and recognize, Oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, and, and I think it's really hard a lot of times for us to be able to look at our own society, our own culture and say, you know, things that are accepted norms things that we've accepted as part of our culture and say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't good. Maybe maybe this is not helpful. Maybe this is not um, the best way for us to live together in community in, in, you know, is to, to be doing these things. Um, Even if it's something that quote, we've always done, you know, Um, not just talking in the church, but, you know, in society as a whole is just saying, well, just because we've always done it and this is how it's been doesn't mean it's right. And and I think sometimes we have a hard time doing that, especially when there's pressure, you know, like your, you know, something, your, your faith, your patriotism, something will get questioned. If you say, maybe we shouldn't do this, you know, it, it's, yeah, it can be, it can be hard. Um, and, and you can get a lot of pushback from it. So, well, we're about at time. So that I think will, will wrap us up, up this, this week for Joseph. And we have the Exodus to look forward to next week because, 
um, Joseph gets us in that fun little predicament. <laughs> and hopefully you won't have to part any Red Seas to get anywhere this week or over the next few days. But There's no promises safe. there because, boy, yeah. I'll tell you, that flooding out there is not anything to mess with. Yeah, be um, safe. We won't get the, the high winds, but yeah, be safe, be careful. Hopefully you're you're able to stay home and not have to venture out. All yep. right. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.